The Dallas Stars are battling for first place in the Central Division. The Columbus Blue Jackets are struggling with injuries and inconsistency. And the Buffalo Sabres have put together a three-game winning streak. We've got all those stories and more coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. You're Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Dallas Stars, Dane Lewis. And Dane, first place again. It's been a tough battle. But this team, as we were discussing before we started to record, they are finding ways to win, and even when they don't win, they're getting close and they're picking up points. Yeah, I mean, you said it right. This team very rarely has been blown out this season. A lot of competitive games, a lot of close games, and I mean, especially recently, the Stars are actually on Monday night closing out a five-game road trip all against Metro Division teams, and the first four of those teams are squads that will likely be in the playoff race, and several of them probably actually in the playoffs, and even Saturday night in Carolina, the Stars down by two with less than 10 minutes left in the third, and they find a way to tie it up and ultimately lose in overtime. But, I mean, the, the Hurricanes in Carolina, never an easy outing for a road team. And, I mean, the Stars seemed like they were down, but, I mean, it's not that game. So many other games that, you know, we could we could talk for hours about what this team has done in terms of overtime and, you know, just finding ways to win games and being competitive. Where do you think this resiliency comes from? Yeah, that's a great question and something that, you know, myself and other people that cover this team have asked, you know, Pete DeBoer, the coach, and a few of the the members of this team that are the leaders, your Pavelskis, your Jamie Benz, Tyler Sagans. And I, I think a big part of it is Pete DeBoer himself coming in. Of course, he's never going to say that about himself. He always is very quick to give credit to the players and his assistant coaches. But I think that he's just brought in this culture and, you know, style of play that all the players have bought into. And that there's just a, a belief in the locker room that the team is never out of a game. And, you know, we've seen that time and time again this season. But there's also several nights where the Stars jump out to leads and they hold on to those leads and they can get some pretty convincing wins over some pretty good teams. And so not to say that previous coaches haven't had, you know, flashes of good culture or a healthy locker room. But I think that this year is just a little bit different. Uh, this locker room has really good chemistry. And I think they just bought into what DeBoer has brought uh, with him from Vegas when, you know, the Stars picked him up and signed him to a deal this summer. You mentioned Joe Pavelski earlier. He just recently uh, played in his 1200th NHL game. Talk to me about that milestone and also what his veteran leadership has brought to this team. It, it's hard to put uh, like one word or a phrase on what his leadership has meant to this team since he's come. But yeah, 1200 games. I, I mean, not many players get to see that number. Uh, and Joe Pavelski just continues to defy logic in this league. I mean, late 30s, he's played 15-plus seasons in the league. And, I mean, of course, he was doing this with Rick Bonus last season and, you know, the previous seasons that he's been with this Stars team. But I think having his former coach come in has certainly, you know, bolstered that relationship. And I think he's been given a lot of responsibility in this locker room to be a leader and, of course, have influence on a lot of these younger guys. And, 
at you know that's on and off the ice he's still one of if not the hardest worker on the team first guy out on the ice typically the last guy to leave and typically he has a, a rookie or a second year player close by you know picking up what he's putting down and learning how he you know handles himself on the ice but but also off the ice i mean a guy who's respected across the league and i mean you don't get to play 12 1200 games without you know taking care of yourself and taking care of business both on and off the ice and Pavelski continues to do that and so I think that he just provides a ton of value to this team both in his production I mean he's third in scoring with 31 points in 32 games so nearly a point per game player in his late 30s and it's a little uncertain what his future looks like because this is the last year of his deal but if, if he can continue to play at a high level I imagine that there will be some sort of discussion uh, about maybe him coming back for at least one more season but that's a, a conversation for a different day. We have to talk about Jason Robertson. The point streak is over, but the amazing production that he's had this season, 23 goals, 46 points in 32 games. What has he meant to this team, and, and what does he do so well that leads him to this success? I mean, he's meant everything to this team. I mean, you take him away, and you or you know, let's say you go back to the offseason and the Stars don't get the deal worked out, and he's not on this team. I don't think the Stars are close to a playoff spot. I mean, they have other good pieces, but Jason Robertson has been the the heart and the soul of the offense in terms of the goals and even finding ways to get assists as well. I mean, 46 points is, I know, somewhere in the top 10 amongst the league. I know there's a few other guys that have jumped over him a little bit as of late, but I mean, he just does a little bit of everything. He is still growing on the defensive side of the ice, but in terms of offense, I mean, he's effective on the five-on-five, effective on the power play, I mean, just a threat from anywhere on the ice. And he just provides tremendous value offensively and I think has, you know, set a new standard for some guys that maybe they want a, a nice contract or they, you know, are questioning whether or not they should hold out around training camp and want to want to wait till the last second because Robertson never did training camp, didn't play in a preseason game. I mean, signed his deal right before the season started and look what he's done. So I, I can only imagine that that's going to potentially start a trend in the, in the future and uh, guys will have Jason Robertson to thank for that. But I'm not sure what he did with his time off or time away from the team in order to be prepared, but he, it, whatever it is, it's worked and he's he's been phenomenal this season. You know, one little thing that the stars do very well that maybe doesn't get a lot of headlines, they are very good in the face-off circle. I mean, Tyler Sagan certainly very good Jamie Ben and even Luke Glendening who is not you know very productive offensively but in in the faceoff dot he's been very very good how important is success in the faceoff circle to the Dallas Stars it's very important and it's something that i think they've taken a lot of pride in over the past several years i mean a lot of those guys you mentioned Ben Sagan they've been here for you know years now I mean they're staples of the team but even Luke Glendening, Roddick Foxa, Rope Hens can go in there too and win a few draws Joe Pavelski and, and this is something that the Stars play-by-play guys like to touch on a lot is that almost anytime the Stars are skating especially five on five you always have at least two if not three guys on the ice that can win a face-off and so especially if it's a close game I mean the later you get into a game or you get into overtime those face-offs become increasingly more important if you're trying to clear your own zone or if you need to win the faceoff on offense and and try to get the puck on net with not too much time left. I mean, the Stars have done a really good job of that this season. And they, they of course, have the the defensemen set up as well that can, you know, fire the puck, whether that's Miro Haskinen or Niels Lundqvist. So, that I mean, the Stars have scored quite a few goals off faceoffs this season. And 
even a few here over the past week or two. And so it, it, it's very important and something that I agree. It, I think it's an underrated aspect of this team. And if you ask a Stars fan this season what they do well, they'll say, you know, they forecheck well, they score well, they have good goaltending. But you might you might be fourth or fifth on the list in terms of what the, the average Stars fan may tell you. But it's one of the most important parts of their game for sure. Another important part, obviously, goaltending. Talk to me about the success they've had there. Yeah, it's been a little bit of an up and down season. Both guys, Jake Ottinger and Scott Wedgwood, dealing with some injuries off and on. But thankfully, none of them have been you know too major or too extreme. Uh, but both guys playing pretty well right now. They've they've been very productive. Jake Ottinger, especially as of late. Uh, of course, the the headline after the game on Thursday night in Washington was. You know, he was told pregame, you know, if Ovechkin scores or if he scores twice, the bench is going to clear that building in D.C. was going to erupt loud. And so I think that gave him a little bit extra motivation to shut down Ovechkin and, and keep him, you know, delayed from from passing Gordie Howe for second all time on the goals list. And so outside of that, playing really well. And Scott Wedgwood, uh, I think, certainly has a case to be, you know, named one of, if not the best backup in the league. I mean, I think he could be a starter on a lot of teams in this league, but yet he finds himself here in Dallas backing up Jake, but he still gets quite a few reps. And I know coach DeBoer likes to, you know, spread out how, how much often he has to use Jake Ottinger because he is young. He still has a lot of miles left, but you also want to take care of your goalies and make sure that they stay healthy. Cause we all know just watching this game that, I mean, it doesn't take a lot uh, for something to go wrong for a goalie. And if they get too injured too early, I mean, their, their careers can go off the rails a little bit. So the stars have a good starter, but they also have a really good backup. Uh, and Scott Wedgwood, who can go out and put the team in a good spot just about any night. Dane, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media? Yeah, so they can find me on social media, just on Twitter, at Dane, double underscore Lewis. And they can, of course, find all things Locked on Stars on Twitter and Instagram. Just type in that name. Uh, and then on YouTube as well, podcasting platforms. We're always free and available on those, just like the Locked on NHL show and Yep, that's just about anywhere that you can find myself and Locked on Stars content. All right, Dane, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a great pill taker, and I didn't want to have to take five, six, eight pills every day in order to maintain a healthy lifestyle. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show, the host of Locked On Blue Jackets, Jay Foster. And Jay, uh, 
three straight losses, and yet they're not playing terribly, are they? No, and I mean that was you said two words in the in the the intro there. It was injuries and inconsistency, and those have been that's been the theme of the Blue Jackets all season. Um, and even when they are, it's been such a frustrating season for a lot of reasons. But I think one of them for me has been you know look beside the injuries, besides the inconsistency, besides the goaltending, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah, The thing for me is that the Blue Jackets have this weird thing this season where sometimes they play well and then lose. And then sometimes they play just god-awful and somehow end up winning. Like um, the game against the LA Kings, I thought. Uh, I thought everyone was terrible. Everyone was bad in that game and should feel bad about it. And somehow they end up winning. It takes it to overtime. Um, the puck goes in off of Kevin Fiala um, to, to get the win. And I don't know, just... Blue Jackets, like like you said before we we um we started recording, they can't seem to get out of their own way sometimes, and it's it's a very frustrating team to watch sometimes, most of the time. Yeah. In fact, yeah, I mean, you, you, let's start with goaltending since you did mention that it has been an issue. No, no Blue Jackets goaltender has a goals against average below three point two seven right now. Uh, that's got to be tough, and and injuries obviously to Corpusalo not helping. What's going on in between the pipes right now in Columbus? Yeah. I mean, in fairness to in fairness to the goaltenders, um, Jos Corpusalo, I think, has been very good this season. Um, he's really kind of had a little bit of a resurgence from well, the past couple of seasons. He was not very good at all. He got surgery in March of this year, I believe. Missed the rest of the season, missed the start of this season. And uh from from there, it's like I wonder. How, I, it makes me wonder how long that hip has been bothering him, because he looks like a completely different goaltender. I know you mentioned the goals against average. I don't tend to buy into that as like a metric of uh, goaltending success, because if a guy's facing you know sixty shots a night and letting in five goals, then he's going to have a, a goals against average of you know over five, but he's going to have a save percentage of over nine hundred. So Corpusalo has, I believe, a nine oh three. Yes, at the minute. And uh, Daniil Tarasov, the rookie who is backing up uh, Muslikins at the minute and who has kind of been bouncing up and down from Cleveland, which can't help his development, but it is what it is. Um, he, I believe, is sitting on a 907, which is pretty good. Um, the problem Elvis. is Elvis Muslikins has not been the rock star that we need him to be. Um, and like that, I, I hate criticizing the goalies, you know, and, and I think it's, it's a very hard position to play. It's a tough position to play when your team has like three defense fully half of your defensemen are under 20 nhl games like it's it that's that's a tough the 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 game is is loaded against you like a die are loaded against you i can't think of the metaphor that i want right now but (laughs) my point stands is that he's already playing a losing game he's still not an easy not an easy assignment no question about that it's a tough assignment but i also think he needs to be better and i think it's very much a case of well is it the goaltending that's to blame or is it the defense that's to blame and honestly the cat it's kind of both i mean you look at you look at the defense um zach wainski done for the season there's your there's your number one defenseman he's just he's done um at a boquist broken foot nick blankenberg playing in his rookie season uh playing really well uh, breaks his foot, breaks his ankle, I believe, actually. Um, he's done until probably January. Adabogos might be back soon, who knows. Jake Bean, uh, who, you know, has not been had not been very good this season, but had been 
getting better breaks his uh, doesn't break anything actually. He I believe tears his labrum, lab, torn labrum surgery done for the season. So there's four of your top six defensemen that are done for long periods of time. Um, so right now the defense is being run by Vladislav Gavrikov, who is doing his best um, as a defensive-minded defenseman, trying his best to do anything other than defend. And Eric Branson, who I have been extremely critical of on the podcast, but in my defense, I feel like it's justified. He's not been very good. He's been better recently. Um, but a lot of the problems, and I know this is not really about goaltending, but it's something that I kind of have been thinking about um, in terms of the defense. A lot of these guys are playing much higher in the lineup than they should be. Right. And I feel like this is, I feel like this is a problem that the Islanders had last season, actually, which is they had a lot of guys who were very good third line guys or second line guys that played up in the lineup and were not very good because uh, with the best will in the world, I don't think Vladislav Gabrikov is a top pairing defenseman. I don't think Andrew Peake is a top-pairing defenseman. Um, but because of where the Blue Jackets are in terms of their health, that's that's where they're playing. Vladislav Gavrikov is playing 25 minutes a night. Like, that's too many minutes for Vladislav Gavrikov. It's too many minutes for anyone, arguably. But it's especially too many minutes for a guy that is, at best, a second-pairing guy. So it's just... It's been a long... It's going to be a long season. <laughs> it's been a long season, and we're not even halfway through. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing I am a little surprised at, you know, you have Johnny Goudreau, Patrick Lane. This team is 29th in the league on the power play, and Goudreau has no power play goals yet this season. What What's going on with the extra attacker this year? Um, I mean, the short answer is that I'm pretty sure someone has cursed the power play. Um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been very, very bad for a long time now. Um, maybe since, I think literally since like... What, I can't remember what season Sam Gagne signed with the Blue Jackets for one year, but I feel like it was the 2016 season. And that was the last time that I remember the power play being consistently good. So maybe he cursed it on his way out of town. I don't know. But um, it just, and I think, again, it comes down to injuries. Patrick Lyonnais missed a huge chunk of the season. Zach Grensky, who has been, you know, the, the power play quarterback for basically since Seth Jones left and even a little bit before then. He can't do it. Adam Boquist, power play defenseman, not available. Nick Blankenberg, power play defenseman, not available. Jake Bean, power play defenseman, not available. With the best will in the world, Johnny Gaudreau is a phenomenal hockey player. He is having a great season, which a lot of people don't like to mention because they're like, wow, I can't believe he signed in Columbus. What a bum. He's having a terrible season. He's got 33 points in 30 games. Like, he's doing fine, guys. He's a really good player. He cannot do it himself. And I think that's that's partially issue with you know you mentioned he hasn't got any power play goals um i feel like at least three of boone jenner's power play goals have been either good row shots that have bounced off him or rebounds that he's just managed to get in or patrick line rebounds or they've bounced off of uh boone jenner and in he did this last season he stole a bunch of patrick line's power play goals just because he like he plays that game where he just stands in front of the net and gets in the way essentially which i mean more credit to him he's currently leading the team i think he's got 11 goals on the season um but it's just, again, I think it just it comes down to, to injuries. The Blue Jackets haven't had a fully, like, a, their number one power play unit, I don't think has seen the ice this season. Yeah. Or their, their ideal power play unit hasn't seen the ice this season because of various injuries or lineup decisions or what have you. That certainly makes it tough. No question about that. 
Jay, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Well, I don't know that I can in good conscience uh, recommend that you pay attention to the Blue Jackets at this point in the season. But if you want to, if you're a, a Flames fan and you want to catch up uh, with all of the nice things I say about Johnny Gaudreau, uh, you can do that at Locked On Blue Jackets, which is uh, wherever you get Locked On NHL. Uh, we are on uh, Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, Podbean. We're also over on YouTube. You can subscribe over there if you want. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter for as long as Twitter continues to exist uh, at LO underscore Blue Jackets. You can follow me at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. If you would like to mix some... Uh, pictures of food or dogs or terrible jokes uh, in with your hockey, then uh, that's where you can find me. All right, Jay, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to welcome back a familiar face and voice to Locked On NHL listeners, the host of Locked On Sabres, Joe DiBiase. And Joe, three wins in a row. It's got to feel good in Buffalo heading into the holiday weekend. It's a fun time. Both sports teams here. I mean, how long has it been since both teams were fun to watch? Uh, a while, by the way, is the answer to that question. Um, yeah, three-game win streak against a couple of good teams in L.A. and Colorado. I know the Avalanche haven't been, you know, the hottest team in the league with McKinnon out. Uh, Coyotes, you know, a little bit of a, a doormat for sure around the league. But three-game win streak, two games out west, and they need every win they could get to climb back in this race. So it's a fun time. I think for Sabre fans, especially when, you know, like individually, a lot of these young guys are uh, really stepping up. No question about that. And, and what's been the difference over these last three games? I honestly, it's been goaltending. I mean, they've been scoring all year. That's been that hasn't been a problem. In fact, I'll double check real quick because I know this was true going into the weekend. Yeah, they still are number one in the NHL in goals scored this season. But their problem has been goaltending. I mean, you should know, right? Everyone knows they're not in a playoff spot. When you're number one in the league in goals and not in a playoff spot, you don't even really have to watch the games to kind of figure out what's going on there. They're not getting saves. Uh, and their blue line is was banged up early in the year, so that hurt too. But they're healthier on the blue line. Owen Power now out, so we'll hope that he comes back and that remains to be true, that they're getting healthier. Um, but they are healthier on the blue line the last month or so. And the last three games, it really is the goaltending. Craig Anderson's given them two very strong performances, including uh, his first shutout of the season against the Kings. In a game, by the way, where the Kings dominated the Sabres for 40 minutes. They end up winning that game 6 to nothing because they could flip a switch like that and score six goals in one period. They've done it twice in the last week and a half. So they did that in the third. And you might look at 6 nothing and think, well, Sabres dominated them. That's not the case. They dominated them in the third. First 40 minutes, Craig Anderson kept them in it. Then Uka Pekalukin gave them a very strong performance in Colorado. Anderson back at it in Arizona. So in this three-game window, undoubtedly, goaltending has been the thing that has uh, has saved them because they already were scoring going into that stretch. How big of a concern is the backup goaltending right now? Because Anderson's numbers are not bad. No, they're not. No, they're not at all. And that's actually what's kind of amazing is – he came back on a one-year deal when I think a lot of people thought he was going to retire. And the thought was, okay, gives them a little bit of a cushion in case Ukapekalukinen is not ready to return or to play in the NHL just yet. He is still very young. They signed Eric Comrie away from the Winnipeg Jets to give him a crack at a starting job in the NHL. And I think the hope was he would take that by the horns and run with it. But he wasn't. Then he got hurt. 
And suddenly more got pressed upon Anderson to not be the backup, but to be more of like the one a, the one B with a kid in Ukapekalukanen that if you saw him in training camp preseason and early in the year, even in the AHL, you didn't really see a sign yet that he was ready to take that jump. Um, and he has been struggling in a big way. So I would say Anderson has been giving them exactly what they've hoped for, but the problem was he was supposed to be the backup, not the guy you were relying upon. And Comrie has been a dud as a signing so far, and Lukanen hasn't looked ready. So there's a league where you really need two competent goaltenders. They've got one competent guy. It's not like you can't ask Anderson to be a Vesna winner and carry you playing 60 games. So, yeah, the, the goaltending depth has certainly been a problem from Lukanen and Comrie. One player who has carried this team all year is obviously Tate Thompson. 25 goals, 49 points in 31 games. What has made him so special on this team this year? It is. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it anymore. It, <laughs> it is one of the most dumbfounding developments in sports that I have ever seen. And I am I'm living in a city where Josh Allen happened. Like right. Josh Allen went from you know, inaccurate, kind of everyone thought he was a terrible quarterback in the first year or two. And then, oh, he's just, you know, the best or second best quarterback in football. I'm from that city. And Thompson might come over top of that because we were at nowhere. No, the Sabres were nowhere with Tage Thompson. He was in the minors. He had like, I forget the numbers off the top of my head, but like 28 points in over 100 games played. I mean, he was the joke when anyone would ever the Ryan O'Reilly trade with the St. Louis Blues. So the fact that he was at zero, and he is now in the, he's competing with Connor McDavid to, for the, in the scoring race. I mean, it, it is, it is unbelievable. I have not seen anything like it ever. Um, and going back to last year, a lot of the credit goes to Don Granado for being willing to experiment with him, experiment with him at the center position, which he had not done since a very low level of minor hockey, even before college. So Granado deserves credit on that front, but Thompson deserves a lot of credit too. I mean, he stepped his game up. Last year was a breakout. He really was just a goal scorer last year. This year, yes, the scoring has gone up. He scored 38 last year. He's on pace for over 60 this season. But the playmaking is there as well. He is driving play. He has all the confidence in the world. He now looks like a player that knows he is four inches taller than anybody else on the ice. It's six foot seven. He knows he is as fast as anybody on the ice. He knows his hands are as good as anybody on the ice. And he can shoot the puck 100 miles per hour. So his full rounded offensive game is really coming into the into the picture now. Um, and the playmaking is a big part of that too. Because even though we're focused on the goals, guy had 30 assists last year as a number one center. He's already at 24. So Thompson's all around offensive game has just been a treat to watch. And I, you're going to, you would need a much more, uh, in, <laughs> much more educated eye, I think, than me to explain what's happening because it, I, it's hard to explain what's happening with him. But Sabre fans will take it. No question about oh, that. Yeah. How concerned are you about the blue line? I mean, we touched on goaltending and backup goaltending, but yeah. how good is the defense, team defense in front of him right now? It's a good question. There are bright spots, of course. Rasmus Dahlin, I mean, he has hit that stride that they were hoping for. He is now, by the way, at our uh, our partners at Bet Online. He is the second favorite to win the Norris Trophy behind Kel McCarr. He has had a dynamite season. He has become everything Sabre fans dreamed of when they won the lottery four years ago. And Matthias Samuelson 
has also developed into a legit top pairing defenseman. If you look at a lot of his possession numbers, a lot of his shot share numbers, every time he's on the ice, the Sabres are dominating the puck. They're dominating possession. He is one of the smoothest defensemen I've ever seen in his own end. He he He's never going to get fanfare. He, he might never score 20 points in the NHL because in the offensive zone, there's just not a lot happening. But the defensive zone and the neutral zone, he is so smooth and so good. Um, so you've got two pillars that you can rely upon in your top pair. And then even at, is he 20 now? I think Owen Power maybe just turned 20. He was 19. Yeah. You do now have a rookie that is carrying their second pair, no matter who you put on it. They had Kale Clegg, who not a lot of hockey fans are familiar with, kind of an up-and-down AHL, NHL guy, formerly with the Kings. He's been playing in Rochester in the AHL. He's been called up to Buffalo this year, but he's never he's, – he's a call-up guy. And he got put with Owen Power for like three weeks. And that pair just dominated because Power, he's kind of like Samuelson, but with a little bit more in the offensive zone. He is carrying whoever's on that second pair. So they've got two pairs they could turn to that are really solid. They get run over every time their third pair is on the ice, no matter who it is. So they have got three foundational defensemen that I think are going to be a huge part of the Sabre success in the future. But beyond those three, it gets it gets it gets desperate quick. You're at call up guys. You're at you know old veterans that can't really hang anymore. I just it, it's three guys, and then you're you're hoping and praying for the most part on their blue line. Well, that'll be the challenge going forward for the Sabers. Joe, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Sure thing. So check out the Locked On Sabres podcast wherever you could be listening to this podcast. Uh, and we're also available on our YouTube channel where you can watch the show. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Locked On Sabres for the podcast account. We're always trying to put up some fun polls uh, and whatnot. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports if you can uh, deal with some, uh, some Bill's homerism along the way as well. Well, I hope most Sabres fans can do just that. Joe, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Anytime. Thanks, Gil. Want to thank you again for making Locked On NHL your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank my guests today. Uh, for joining me, I want to thank Jay Foster of Locked On Blue Jackets, Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres, and Dane Lewis of Locked On Stars. I'm Gil Martin. I am here every Monday, plus every Friday I co-host the show along with Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers. And remember, Locked On NHL is here every Monday through Friday, bringing you the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.